Hey, dirties, what's up? It's your dude. It's me. It's Sean Boyles. Hi. This episode of the SBP is brought to you by Anchored. Anchor.fm is where you want to go if you want to do a podcast. They're very easy. Very, very easy. Creation tools make it so that um, you can easily record and edit your podcast on the go, wherever you got going on. Download it onto your phone, download it onto your computer, download it onto your PC, your laptop, your tablet, wherever's. Go to anchor.fm, grab the grab them goods, and uh, you can start doing a podcast today. And uh, if you do it right, you can make that money. You can make money from your podcast very easily with a zero audience listenership, uh, zero uh, minimum audience listenership. And um, they just need to be kind and donate to your cause, man. Go to anchor.fm, get started today, do a podcast, will ya? And it's free. God damn it, it's free. They upload it to all the, all, I think all the podcasts. Uh, podcast platforms podcast platforms i ain't even fucking heard of and the sean boyles podcast is on them so there how about that uh i got dates i do got dates just got fucking knocked out a few different dates but we got dates coming up i like that little noise anyway uh (laughs) Uh, next week, July 7th, the Boyle's Bistro Blowout, Downtown Hayward Comedy Show. That's my monthly show at the Bistro. Headlining is Tony Sparks. We got uh, Zach Lord. We got Chris Nasco. We got uh, Jackie Pearl. And there's one more person, and I can't remember off the top of my head. But that's going to be on the 7th. Um... July 16th, huge, huge comedy show. Uh, I put this show together. However, I'm not getting any production credit, and I'm going to give them the business. But uh, <laughs> uh, Saturday, July 16th in Castro Valley at the Center for the Arts. This is on the Castro Valley High School campus. Paul Conyers, uh, winner of the 2021 World Series of Comedy Headlining um, And then we got uh, Pete Munoz We got Mean Dave We got Jeanette Marin And me hosting that bitch uh, Even though it's on a high school campus This is a grown up show And I'm thankful For the staff over there At the Center for the Arts um, For letting us do a grown up show uh, What else we got We got um uh, I can't read. My, where's my glasses? Glasses. Thank you. Uh, July 20th. Comedy. Uh, comedy in the Park in San Jose. Uh, Pete Munoz has put this show together. Uh, we got... Uh, and that's it, really, for shows. We got Hazards playing Deke Fest, which is in uh, Seaside, California, near Monterey, uh, with Blind Illusion. And uh, I think the Boneless Ones are on that as well. Uh, and that is September... Second, and then September seventeenth, Hazards playing the Caravan. Um, 
trying to think. I think there's something else in there somewhere. Uh, Hazards was going to be playing uh, this Thursday night in Santa Cruz. However, we had to cancel. We had to bail out on that shit. But that is how it goes sometimes with these things. Uh, Oh, yeah. And as always... Music heard here on the Sean Boyles podcast is not owned, written, or uh, it's not oh, it's not trademarked, it's not copywritten, it's not um, owned. Did I say that one already? It's not copywritten. Did I say that one already? It's not trademarked. Did I say that one already? We ain't got rights to the music that you hear here on the podcast, so don't try to come after me with your bullshit and try to sue a fool. I, I ain't the one, son. Come at me sideways. I'll come at you all kinds of crooked ass. It's the Sean Boyles Podcast. Music, comedy, drums, life, Dirty, dirty, dirties. Welcome to the Sean Boyles Podcast, episode 146. What's crack a lacking and slack jacking? Uh, how are you? How are you? I'm still feeling it, man. I'm still feeling it. A uh, long weekend. Um, hanging out with my boys and Zed, going to Maryland and uh, doing a whole thing. We will definitely be talking about that on this episode. Um, and then some other things I got, you know, a reaction of the week. No, this or that this week. No, this or that. I didn't get it together to even think up of a one. So we ain't doing that. But, um, we got the other shit. We got reaction of the week and earworm just like always. But I want to touch on something that I, uh, before I get into what happened, uh, in Maryland, the Maryland Duke Fest, um, Well, fuck it. Let's get into that. Let's get into that first. Why not? And then I'll go back to the other thing I was going to go into. I'm already all over the map. I'm fucking still tired, yo. I'm still tired. Traveling sucks. <laughs> Man, the the just the um just the wonky. So here's what's happening. If you're trying to travel, if you're trying to do something, be very weary about your flight plans and your travel plans, they will be canceled. Especially if the flight is not full. What is happening is flights are being canceled right and left if they are not full flights. It is The, the, the airlines are not being able to afford to take anybody anywhere unless it is nearly full. So I'd say even... Half, they're pulling a plug on a flight. I've seen a lot of depressed, sad-looking people in these airports because their flights had been canceled and they were waiting for other flights and waiting long times. So if you're going anywhere, it doesn't matter if you bought them tickets fucking three months ago, four months ago. They will pull the plug on that shit or add 
a fucking stop. We had a non-stop from San Jose to Baltimore. That didn't happen. They threw in a fucking layover in the middle of that in Chicago. So, um, so here's the deal. My day, so my day starts on Thursday, getting up at seven thirty seven to drive down to San Jose, where I need to grab equipment out of the rehearsal room and get the things that I need to get together. I'm bringing my pedal. I'm bringing my snare drum. I'm bringing my cymbals. I'm bringing sticks. Okay. I got to get that situated in a way so I'm not taking too much or I can check two bags and then I could take two bags on the plane with me. My clothes bag is filled with clothes, but then I got to stuff my double pedal bag inside that bag. So that's just one big bag. The symbols and the sticks go together in one bag, the symbol bag. I had some extra little stands and little half a little clampy things for extra stuff. Had to stuff those in the clothes bag too. And then I had my snare drum. My snare drum was going to be my carry on, uh, my carry on, uh, as well as my um, my purse, my man bag, my whatever you want to call it. Um, if you have traveled a lot, you know that. If there are dogs sniffing you, you don't have to take your shoes off. No dogs, take your shoes off. Very simple. These are the rules of the airports. There was no dog in the morning. So anyway, I I get my stuff together. Mark, uh, his wife was going to be dropping him off at the airport, but he lives near the rehearsal spot. So he picks me up from the rehearsal spot. We go, we get dropped off, we, we, we check in. I didn't get a ding. I thought I was going to get a ding on the weight of the symbols. It's under the the extra weight thing. We're good with that. We check our shit in. We're waiting. The other two guys show up. It's all good. No dog. So we got to take our shoes off. No problem. We fly to Chicago. We fly to Midway. Now, there's two airports in Chicago. There's O'Hara and there's Midway. From what I've been told, O'Hara is a shit show of an airport. And so everybody flies into Midway instead. And um, I could see the Chicago skyline from the tarmac as I was in the plane. I snapped a little photo and I sent the text to the wife. This is as close as we're getting to, to Chicago. <laughs> and then um, and then we waited five hours because that's how long our layover was. So we just sat there and... Very interesting in the Chicago Midway Airport. It was thick. It was thick. It was crawling a ton of people the whole time. If you were going to get food, you were going to wait. If you're trying to get a drink, you were going to wait. Just a lot of people waiting around. It's a busy, busy airport. The whole five hours we were there and didn't stop. It was thick the whole time. And I hate to even point this out, but I noticed something very easily I saw nothing but white folks and black folks. I didn't see anything in between in the Chicago airport. Either black folks or white folks. And everybody seemed to be cool, no worries, but that was it was that was it. There was no other shades in between. We get our flight, we fly into Baltimore. 
Now, we were flying into Baltimore, but we were getting in there so late, we weren't going to be able to get our rental car. So we were going to have to stay in Baltimore near the airport, which the airport is nowhere near like anything cool Baltimore-y, you know, um, as most airports are. They're always a little bit out of the way, right? So um, we get our room. We, you know, get checked in, no problem. We crash out. We get up in the morning. Mark goes and takes a, uh, 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 took a shuttle. I guess the, the, there was a shuttle that uh, shot him over to the rental spot. Got the, got the truck that we were renting. It was like a third of the price to rent a Toyota Tacoma four-door truck than it was to rent the minivan that we usually rent. So we saved on that, but four full full grown guys in a Toyota Tacoma, not the business. A little tight, a little tight in the rental car. Fortunately, we only have to drive about forty miles or uh, forty minutes um, to get to Frederick, Maryland, where the Maryland Doom Fest is held. Um, so Friday, we drive into there. Oh, uh, where did, did we stop at a place? No, I think we drove right to our second um, place that we were staying. <laughs> we got checked in there and um, did we eat before we got? Oh, yes, we went, we went, um, we went to the Black Hog, the Black Hog. Mmm, good-ass fucking barbecue place, which I don't eat any of the barbecue there. And I remembered that I got it. I couldn't remember what it was. I remembered I ate something at this place called the Black Hog in Frederick, Maryland. And and I I couldn't remember what it was, but I remembered I loved it so much that I ordered a second helping of it. And it's their gumbo. A non-seafood gumbo that is so fucking good. I was, if, unfortunately, the Black Hog is probably two and a half to three miles away from, it's on the same strip, but it's just on the other side of the strip where the the uh, Cafe 611 is, where they're having the Doomfest. I was fucking, I was really close to just walking over there and getting myself some more gumbo later on that day. This shit is so good. So after we ate, we went and checked into our second place and it's crashed out. All of us just <laughs> fucking sawing logs for the next couple hours. And then um, and then we finally went to the venue. Uh, the show started at about 5, I think, for the Friday night show. And then, um, you know, didn't... <laughs> I gotta admit... I didn't really see too many bands play. <laughs> this festival goes from Thursday to Sunday in between two different venues. There's 52 bands that play this thing. I saw maybe four or five bands play, and I only saw a couple of songs of each band. Oh, man, alive. 
I think the most of a set I saw was this band. Um, I believe. Ah, oh, fuck. Where are they from? This band called uh, Shadow Witch, which um, we've played with them plenty of times before. We've actually played with them in Texas um, at a Doom Fest when we did a tour out to there uh, as part of South by Southwest. And then, um, and we and they've played uh, Maryland Doom Fest. Uh, every time we've played it, um, I want to say they're from New York, but I don't think they're from New York. Fuck, I don't know where they're from. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Shadow Witch, great band, just good, just good sort of uh, almost proto metal, you know, just an older sounding kind of vibe. Uh, my man Earl, who sings for them, um, he put on a sermon. It was actually pretty rad. Like, he's a very good uh, 63 years old, my man Earl, and gets up there and sings his ass off. Dude's got a great, great voice, powerful voice, uh, great performer, lots of energy, 63. Inspired, my man Greggy. Greggy was like, man, what am I doing complaining about being 53 and doing this shit. This guy's fucking 63. He's 10 years older than me. And he's fucking up there killing it. So Greggy got inspired, which is awesome. Um, so uh, this... Uh, the town of, of Frederick was having their pride parade on Saturday. That was the day we were playing. Um... Which was so there was pride flags everywhere. They're getting ready on Friday even for uh, for the festivities on Saturday. Um, Friday night's headliner was a band called Coven. I am making a special note about Coven because um, apparently this band is very very old, um, a little known band in like the grand scheme of 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 what a lot of people know about heavy music and do, especially doom metal, but Coven predates Black Sabbath. And I didn't know this until, uh, um, well, probably Wednesday night, I started looking up, you know, bands that were playing. And uh, this was the first band I looked up and I got so intrigued. I started reading their Wikipedia and seeing, cause so, Here's an interesting note about Coven. Okay, their album comes out, their very first album comes out in 1969, a good 13 or 14 months before the first Black Sabbath record. Okay? And the reason why that is of note, because on the Coven record, the first song on the record is called Black Sabbath. The guitarist that helped start the band that's on the recording, I don't remember his first name. I think it was like Melvin or something like that. Or or something, I don't remember. In quotation marks, as, as, as a nickname is usually in quotation marks, right? So let's just say it was Melvin. It, it, I don't think it was Melvin. Melvin Oz Osborne is the name of the guitar player that's playing a coven. Okay? 
13 or 14 months before the first Black Sabbath record. I don't know if there's some borrowing or some just, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Coven is from uh, the U.S. It's a U.S. band. Uh, Not very heavy sounding as far as a band is concerned. Um, If you were to... uh, if you're to try to say what the band sound like, it's definitely more psychedelic. Um, it's not very metal at all. Not even proto-metal. More psychedelic rock, acid rock, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, art rock. Uh, avant-garde, if you want to say that. Uh, but... Satan. The band is into some Satan. All the songs are about Satan. Uh, Songs stop in the middle and have a little chant. Um, On the back cover, uh, so the woman, her name is Jinx Dawson, is the singer for Coven. Apparently her father was um, a big record exec guy. I don't know for which companies, but like a big wig dude that knew a lot of people and was respected in the industry, and this is his daughter's little band, and uh, maybe they got a deal because of who he is, because, to be honest, this shit's whack. It's not (laughs) very good music. I couldn't get into it even a little bit. Um, There's a song on this record, and I forget what the record's called, but it's, you know, it's their debut record, 1969. Um... And uh, the back cover, first of all, the back cover, she's there, and they have a table, and it's got fucking candles and things, and just, you know, very satanic, ritualistic looking on the table. The guys in the band are standing behind her, and they're holding up the fucking devil horns, the fucking hand... You know, pinky up and index finger up with the other two fingers down with the thumb holding them down. The What we always call the devil horns or as Ronnie James Dio called it, the maloik, um, which is something that he learned from his Italian grandmother. And he gets credited as, you know, being the guy that fucking was using that and brought it to the forefront. But these fuckers have it on their record doing it. So maybe Dio isn't the guy that we should give credit to for that. It's Coven. Um, but yeah, so that the record ends with a fucking 13-minute-long satanic seance. It's just wild shit. And their show, they blocked off a whole section of the club to get to the stage. They brought her in underneath a fucking hooded thing. They walked her in and then blocked off this area. They had a fucking screen behind them showing pentagrams and upside down crosses and devils and blood splatter and their logo flipping around. Spooky, goofy music and filling up the room full of full of a uh, uh, fog machine and and a weird chanty thing going on as she comes out. She like there's they put a big coffin on the stage standing upright it looked like it got made in some fucking 
fifth graders. I don't know, like a fifth grader, like, like if a fifth grader was in charge of set design and they did the best they could because they're only a fifth grader. It's kind of this weird coffin thing. I think she came out of it. I didn't really, wasn't able to see, but it's all this sort of heavy, sort of devil fucking vibe and everybody's getting ready. I couldn't help myself, and I just yelled as loud as I could. The devil's not real! <laughs> and I got, a, I got a big laugh from a bunch of people. <laughs> I couldn't help myself, because it was... it was, And then the music starts, and I guess she came out of the coffin, and then two guys with hoods. The whole band's wearing druid hoods. And uh, she's got some thing on her face. You can't even see her. And they start going into their music. And it's just, like I said, just sort of acid rocky kind of. I don't know. It was just whack. I, we, we got about halfway through that. We could. We, we were going to probably bail before they even started. But uh, they let us set up our merch on that first night, which was rad. But. Mark couldn't get the merch cleared out of there because that's the section that they closed off so Chicky Poo can get ready to uh, do her thing. Um, and then I talked to a guy. Uh, it's my friend Danielle. It's her her boyfriend or fiancé now. And uh, fuck, I'm blanking on dude's name. Dude makes T-shirts on the East Coast for a lot of bands. And apparently he made their T-shirts for this show and they made a big deal about the red ink that were on the t-shirts because it was infused with chicky poo's blood and i guess you can go on youtube find t-shirt making for coven i guess and um she sent and sent dude vials of blood and he had to add it to the ink fucking goofy man i'm all for you know i, I dig me some satan i like me some <laughs> but, uh, shit ain't real yo it ain't real none of it's real but they were into it man and um and this dude was into it too he was like dude because we were gonna bail he's like wait a minute you're not gonna stay for coven i'm like no <laughs> Oh, dude, you gotta see Coven. I'm like, oh, shit, all right. So be it that everybody was all, you know, gacked out to see these guys. We stuck around, and I wish we would have left. I would have felt a lot better about not seeing that shit. It was whack. Um, We get up the next, so we get back to our room, crash out, wake up the next morning. Uh, We are meeting our friends, the band um, Age of Truth who are from Philadelphia. We're going to meet them to, um, they've been the last two times we went there. They tried to get us to, uh, go with them to this place, um, called Avery's, which is there in Frederick. It's a seafood joint. Um, and they said it's got the best crab in the area. I'm not a big seafood person, so I can give a shit. But goddamn, did they eat some goddamn crab, man? It was uh, a feast was had. We uh, we got there almost before they even opened, 
And no, we got there before they opened, but they let us in. Uh, it was hot, so they let us come inside with the AC going. And we waited for everybody to show up. Everybody showed up. We ordered a bunch of food. I had a chicken quesadilla <laughs> and some iced tea. Um, but just had a good time just fucking bullshitting, talking, fucking making dudes laugh. We were fucking, everybody was having a good time. I had a good group of people there. Um, well, fuck, we hung out there. Dudes got fucking hammered. It, dude, the place opens at noon, you know, and we got out of there, I don't know, creeping up on three, maybe even a little after three. A couple of dudes in Age of Truth were fucking shithoused. My man Billy from Philly was Hammersmith. In fact, uh, he got back to their room and they crashed out and people were having a hard time finding them. Um, there were stories of him answering the phone and him going, Aah! and hanging up. So, um, But then they were playing that day. So this now this is, this is Saturday. Um, we get down there. Nobody can find these guys, and then they finally show up. So they were playing across the street at um, this place called Old Mother, which is uh, one of the other venue that was part of the place. And they're getting ready to play. They set up, um, and I helped the drummer set up because I'm going to borrow their drummer, Scott. I'm going to borrow his drums so Zed can do their set. And I had asked these guys months ago. I had I hit them up on their Facebook page. I said, hey, guys, it would be rad if I could borrow some drums you guys are playing about, you know, two hours before us. By the time you guys are done, we should have plenty of time to move the drums across the street and I can get them ready for my set. And they said, no problem. I should have known <laughs> that maybe they didn't actually ask Scott <laughs> because when I said, hey, this is, it's, it's still cool for me to, uh, to use your drums. And he paused. <laughs> he paused like, oh, <laughs> I don't know anything about that. He's like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, it's cool. I, I don't mind. Uh, fuck, yeah, okay, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, he didn't know. <laughs> he didn't know. But he was super cool about it, and uh, we got the stuff across the street. Uh, there was still another band to play before us, before we were to go on. So I'm setting up, and I'm getting ready to get the, in the sky. Fucking, hey, are you Sean? I'm like, yeah. Oh, hey, man, uh, I'm, uh, uh, what was his name? Was his name Troy? No. Lou? I think it was Lou. So I'm Lou, and I'm the drummer for, um, for, uh, what are they called? Uh, Formula 400, I think they were called. Uh, can I borrow your drums? And I'm like, well, these are not my drums. This is the, the drummer... Scott from uh, Age of Truth. I'm borrowing his drums, and I now I was getting ready to set everything up and get all my cymbals, all like get all the heights the way I needed, and, and get the thing all set up and get it all ready for myself. I cart fucking move some furniture around in this little this little backstage area, well side stage area I guess uh, techni technically, um, kind of clear the space so I could set up this drum kit and get everything the way I want it, you know. And now this guy's asking if he can borrow it. So he ran and found Scott and came back. He's all he said it was cool. We're about to go on. Uh, we got a setup right now. So he's I like I started setting it up and he it got taken from me. 
<sighs> so I had to kind of, you know, on the fly set up and get it how I wanted. And I never really got it the way I wanted it. Um, so we start playing. And um, the bass drum was moving on me. It was creeping, kept creeping. I went out, readjusted the feet to try to keep it from creeping. It still kept creeping. About three songs in, I'm pulling it back. I kept yanking it back at every little break I had. Uh, Scott saw it, and he ran up there, and he tried to adjust it, and just nothing was helping me. Like this, this, I, I never have a problem with a bass drum moving on me, but this shit is moving. All, the whole kit's just moving all over the place. The rug that they have the drums on is really, really thick, so things aren't sitting right. They're wobbling around. I don't feel like I'm playing very well at all. And then uh, the guy's running the thing, um, this dude Fuzzy, I think his name's Fuzzy, he fucking, he knows what to do, he's seen this before, he's dealt with a moving bass drum, what does he do, fucking goes old school and throws a fucking cinder block down on the stage, boom, and puts that shit in front of the bass drum, that bass drum wasn't moving for shit. That's some punk rock shit. I don't know how many times at a punk show, drummer's got to have a fucking cinder block in front of his his drum because the drum slides. It's just, that's old school. I mean, and this this piece of fucking cinder block, it had weeds on it. It looked like he caught, looks like he chiseled it out from the fucking building. I hope the building's still standing, but <laughs> got a fucking big-ass cinder block keeping my bass drum from sliding around. And I was able to get through the set. Um, we played. Uh, I felt loose. I just didn't feel because I'm not playing on my own shit, you know. And I couldn't get things set up exactly the way I wanted it. So I felt like I was having a compromise on a couple of things. And I was, uh, uh, by the time we went up, there's a house kit. There is a house kit. And I was hoping that I'd be able to borrow a few cymbal stands from that house kit. As the days have went on, apparently all those cymbal stands from the house kit have disappeared. There was supposed to be a whole set of cymbal stands from the... I needed two more. I needed two more stands, one for my cowbell and another one for my splash cymbal. And I brought another clamp so I could set up my little, uh, my little uh, bell that I like. And I couldn't have those on there. So uh, here I am, you know, without everything I want. Uh, we have a song called... A hollow men that has a cowbell part in it and i couldn't do the cowbell part because i didn't have a cowbell so i had to compromise on that and it sucked but for anybody else that was witnessing it they had a fucking blast the place was packed people are singing the songs back to us they're going nuts we play for fucking an hour and 25 minutes i think and um they want us to play one more. We can't. <laughs> uh, the cops, I guess, showed up at one point while we were on. Uh, and the guy had to turn us down. He was very happy with our set. The sound guy he said, yeah, I had you guys so fucking loud. The cops came. He was all proud of himself. Um, people were telling us that it was the set of the weekend. So that was nice to hear. Um, we did good. We did good. But then it's fucking go time. It's 1.30. We're done with our set. I am completely soaked. I got to get out of there. We got to go. Our plane leaves at 6 a.m. 
By the time we got out of the club, it's a little after two. We're hungry. We go to the Waffle House. Waffle House in Frederick, Maryland, a staple for late night eateries. You can get some breakfast or you can get some burgers or you can get some waffles because it's the Waffle House. I got a um, I got a bacon cheeseburger with a fried egg on it. Very tasty. And they, they give you hash browns. This is what they do. They just give you hash browns. Um, and we got out of there with enough time to go back to the room, grab our stuff, the third room, the room that was actually provided by the place, uh, by the Maryland Doomfest. And we didn't even get to really sleep in because we had to fucking go. So uh, we get our stuff. We're driving to go. Um, we got to turn in the rental truck. We can't find where to park this thing because there's no, it's budget. We or, we, we rented it from budget, but budget doesn't have their shit. So we don't know where to go. <laughs> so we leave it with the Avis cars. And then, <laughs> then uh, get into the airport and um, get on our flight and come home. Now we, uh, we were, Supposed to have a layover in Austin and then go to uh, San Jose. That got changed. We ended up with a layover in San Diego. So it was a four-hour and 45-minute flight uh, to San Diego. No, five-hour. Four-hour. Almost five hours to Baltimore to San Diego. And had a two-hour layover there. But we were still home. Uh, we were in San Jose uh, by noon, before noon. Took a while for us to get our bags for whatever reason, but we got our stuff. I got dropped back off at the rehearsal place and drove my van back home. Whew. Ate well, laughed well, talked well, we played well, sold merch, uh, lots of smiles, lots of hugs. Lots of just good, good goodness. Uh, I bought a T-shirt. I found a rad T-shirt in a in a little uh, record store. Um, it says Aretha Franklin, Queen of Soul. It's got Aretha with a little half row, which was cool. Um, I found some good Mexican food. Last time I was in Frederick, uh, I walked a couple blocks away. And found this little place and had some Mexican food. It was okay. It wasn't that great. I tried to go over there. It was gone. It was not there anymore. Maybe they didn't survive the pandemic. I am not sure. However, there was another spot, another couple blocks away from this spot. So I walked over there. Uh, shout out to Cafe Bueno. Had some pretty good, uh, a pretty good chicken uh, super burrito. All their burritos are um, are. Are are what we call here on the West Coast the mojado, uh, wet burritos. Whereas you, they put the burrito on the plate and then they put goo on top of it, either red sauce or green sauce. All their burritos come with green sauce and cheese melted on top of it. But it was pretty damn tasty. Pretty damn tasty. I'd have to. Uh, I got a, a tip of the hat to uh, Cafe Bueno. Uh, the chips were good. I got a little, uh, a little, a uh, little. Uh, some chips and queso. Uh, queso had a good flavor to it. So, all in all, a great trip at Maryland Doom. Like I said, I only seen a handful of bands even play. Um, but that's what 
and then I've seen some videos since uh, of some stuff that I didn't see. Uh, there was a band called Apostle of Solitude that sounded super, super heavy. They headlined on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, man. Maryland Doom Fest 2022 in the books. Um, I'm sure there's pictures and shit. You can go to their Facebook page and see video and pictures and all kinds of fun. It was cool, man. It was cool. Last week, I complained about uh, some cats getting together and doing a motorhead cover. And um, I started thinking about that a little bit more. Uh, Covers, I have a... I have issue with covers. I don't know. I don't... I have a... I don't know what I don't know why I have it's not a problem with covers. I don't have a problem with them. I just um I just feel like um care must be taken when it comes to a cover. I don't think you should just be doing covers all willy-nilly. I don't think that um you should uh I I have a list of bands that I don't think you should even do a cover of their songs. There's some bands to me that are so unique and so um, just, you're not going to pull their shit off. They're too niched. They're too, there's too much of a special secret sauce that you're never going to pull off and it's going to sound hacky as shit if you try to do a cover. Part of me feels like if you're going to do a cover, you do it fucking perfect and exactly like that band did it. Especially if it's a very, very important band. But then there's a part of me that's like, you know what? If you do a cover, fucking twist that shit and put your own spin on it so hard that I can't even notice that it's a cover. I would love to be surprised about the cover. Like, oh shit, listen to what they did to the song. A new interpretation of the song. I actually enjoy that more than a band pulling off an exact replica of the original song. However, when that's done, I'm still super impressed too. But you got to pick the right cover. You don't pick the hit. Don't pick the hit. Okay? That's the problem I have with people doing Motorhead's uh, um, Ace of Spades. Jesus Christ. That's their hit. That's their biggest song. Okay? Don't do that song. Pick another song. If you're going to do a Zeppelin cover, God damn you. There's been very few Zeppelin covers I've enjoyed. Um, There is that one record, uh, there's that live record, uh, the Black Crows and Jimmy Page, but that's Jimmy Page. He's playing it. It isn't really like it's a cover. It's kind of like you're just jamming with the guy and you're doing all his songs. That shit's rad. That uh, the Jimmy Page and Black Crows uh, live record is fucking awesome. Um, they play the shit out of those songs, and uh, I love the way uh, Chris Robinson sings those songs. Um, the Police. Don't do a Police cover. How fucking dare you? You are not pulling off that shit, okay? You are not going to pull. You're not going to get the tones right. You're not going to get the feel right. Uh, you're not going to sing like Sting. No fucking way. Don't even try it. Cut it out. Do not do a police cover. 
Rush, don't do Rush either. Don't do a Rush cover. It's too, it, it, there's too much going on there that is special to that band. You're going to fuck it up and we're going to laugh at you. Uh, ACDC. I hate when I hear people do an ACDC cover. Don't do an ACDC cover. You are not going to get that swing right. Even when I've heard cover bands do an ACDC, it doesn't sound right. Stop it. Don't do, don't do ACDC. Um, I've heard Metallica covers, eh, Slayer covers, eh. Um, Anybody got the balls to try to pull off a King Diamond cover? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, The Beatles get covered all the time. Whatever. I don't give a shit about that. The Stones. Eh. I don't know. There's, Like I said, there's a handful of bands. Primus? Don't try to do a Primus cover. You're not going to pull it off. You're going to sound square as fuck. That shit's too wacky and weird. Um, I don't know. I'm sure that more could come to me, but just, I just, I don't know. Covers are a sore spot for me, just in general. Even in the bands I've been in, like, we've done, I've been in bands and we've done covers, and I'm always like, I just don't like, I just don't like doing them. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm fucking all fucking off my rocker, and um, I don't like covers. I don't like them. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, every week your boy here, me, Sean Boyles, likes to react to a song on the Billboard Hot 100. And uh, I think this week we could actually do the number one. Um, The number one, we got a new number one. And I think we could, uh, I think we could check it out, man. I think we could check it out. Um, now I'm a fan of heavy music, and the pop charts is something that I usually don't know anything about. So this, um, this, uh, the new number one for the week is uh, it's Drake. I think we've done a couple of Drake songs before. We're going to keep the volume down on this one because I think Drake's one of those guys that will get me pinched. Um, he's got a new song called uh, Jimmy Cooks. Is that dude's name or is that what Jimmy does? I don't know. We will find out. I think the song features 21 Savage. I don't know if that's a whole gang of people or if that's one person. I don't know. Let's check out Jimmy Jimmy Cooks. By uh, Is it Cooks or Crooks? Where's my glasses? Cooks. Cooks? Cooks. Jimmy Cooks. Drake. Let's see. Yeah. Life. Life is the only thing we need. They need me to go, but I don't want to leave. Rest in peace, little kid. Fuck a pigeonhole, I'm a night out, it's a different mode. I'ma have to make a paint of six on a pinky toe. Heard you with a shooting guard, 
stress about no bitch cause I'm a timid soul. Uh, yeah, I'm not ever gonna take him seriously about like tricking, you know. Bitch, don't tell me that you model if you ain't been involved. Gotta throw a party for my day ones. They ain't in the studio, but they'll lay some. Rest in peace. We're almost halfway through the song and he hasn't done the hook yet. Why? Like the way I talk, niggas say something. Gotta throw a party for my day ones. Pull up and you know it's us, the bass jump. Oh, is that the hook right there? I was talking over it. Say something. my face, nigga. Gotta throw a party for my day ones. They ain't in the studio, but they'll lay some. Rest in peace, the drama king. We were straight stunned. Did the tempo if just shift? Nigga 21, tell it you a pussy. Spin a block twice like it ain't nowhere to park. Smack the back side of his head like he barked. OVO for well, we come out when it get dark. Big stepper, he came in a rose, but he left in a stretcher. Let my brother drive while I shoot team effort. Here's what's happening with this shit When I hear I've been around a little while And back in the day Lick Stowe would do shows with hip hop groups Sometimes like Underground hip hop groups that like You know trying to get their shit done And they got their own dats And their own fucking whatevers And the production of those songs Was actually kind of like really lo-fi and the rapping style was very just undeveloped and juvenile with this new sort of like kind of hodgepodgeness of like beat making that's going on it's reminding me of that old style of like people not knowing what the fuck they're doing when they're doing rap songs I'm saying something. I don't like the way you talk. <laughs> All right, that's it with this shit. Fucking wackery. Uh, yeah, that shit's fucking stupid. I don't know how that's even. I don't know. I don't know, man. It just sounds. Just sounds just not thought out and 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 random and not well put together and no sort of songcraft at all. Same beat running through the whole thing, not changing. Tuned 808s, fucking 808 hi-hats, fucking, it's just fucking bullshit. Bullshit. Bullshittery, fuckery, and assholery. All the re's. All the re's. Um, one more thing before we get out of here. I, uh, 
in my uh, in 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 uh, in the traveling and all the travel. Yeah, I got the headphones on. I got the fucking the the Apple Music on shuffle, playing all my shit. And um, a song came on. It was very interesting. Um, EPMD. The song called Jane Three. It's on the um, Business as Usual record, 1990. Um. The the story for Jane Three is that it's a dude that they've been hanging out with and is a friend of theirs and so this guy that they know. And uh, long story short, they find out that their friend, who they thought was a dude, is actually a female. And breasts pop out and ass pops out, and one, I think Paris Smith ends up. Uh, ends up hitting it, and uh, <laughs> Eric Zimmer's like, "Why wow, you're wild, you know?" Nah, man, it was cool. And he says, "And this is crazy." He says, "I ran up in her like Bruce Jenner," and I was like, "Oh my god, the irony here on this song!" It was <laughs> a female that has crossed over that 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 that, that just cross dresses, still female, but is dressing like a dude and then he says that they ran up in here like Bruce Jenner and then Bruce Jenner who has trans uh, t- transitioned into being Caitlyn Jenner I just thought that was funny and super ironic and now that I'm saying it out loud it's kind of whack why am I pointing it out <laughs> ah! Oh man. Anyway, let's um let's get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the SBP. Uh rate, review, subscribe, yada da yada da yada da. And um I I kinda hate it when I get this kind of an earworm because I feel uh I feel uh, some sort of pretentiousness. But once in a while, some of your own songs get stuck in your head. And um, I mentioned this song earlier in the podcast. This week's, uh, I didn't have the cowbell, man. I didn't have the cowbell. I couldn't play this song properly because I didn't have the cowbell. Nobody could give a shit, but it fucking bothered the shit out of me that I didn't have the cowbell. Uh, this, but the song since the show, this song has been stuck in my head for whatever reason, and um, that's how it goes sometimes. You play a song a lot, and it's your own song. It gets stuck in your head, and you're walking around with fucking Zed songs stuck in your head. Ladies and gentlemen, earworm of the week this week: "Hollow Men" by Zed off of the Volume record. Check it out on Ripple Music. Go get Volume by Zed. That's the band I play drums in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, thank you for uh, sitting through another episode of the SPP. Be good. Keep it dirty. And I'll see you, Dick Knuckles, next week. Dogs, dogs.
Staten Avenue. Brought to you by Blowout Productions. 